Welcome, everybody, to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. This is episode five, and today I am with the one and only Elliot Bland. Everybody. <laughs> Gary Garcia. Hello. And very, very... That's my tanner. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. That's how, yep, that's how my wife says hello. We should do an episode with, like, youth pastors and their wives. Yep. That'd be a great Have one. Yanita on here and she'll go... <laughs> 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 and our very special guest today is the one and only best dressed youth pastor Wyatt Staggers. Was good. How did you feel when you won that award at youth convention? Um, I was kind of hurt because they ended that segment with like, now we're going to give out the real youth pastor awards. <laughs> it was kind of like the joke segment. So I don't know if I should have taken that as like a compliment or not, but hey, I'll take it. Hey, you I'll know? say this. You won one. I was sitting in the stands. Just <laughs> hey, like, get bigger calves, maybe. <laughs> Just go to the gym more. That's what we gave out the other award for. Yeah. Jimmy not, with his massive calves. I don't think anyone can compare to that, unless you're Josh Griffin. But other than that, that's or it. Or a kangaroo. <laughs> 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 or a kangaroo. Um, but Wyatt, since you are our uh, guest uh, host today with us, why don't you let everyone know who you are, um, a little bit about yourself, what church you're from, and just kind of share a crazy moment in youth ministry. Yeah, so my name is Wyatt Staggers. I'm the youth pastor at Elsinore First, a part of Avenue Youth. And a little bit about myself, I am engaged right now, getting married in January, COVID permitting and stuff. I was about to say, you can't do that. But I think we'll have it no matter what. So um, You'll have COVID or you'll have... (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll have... What, Gary? What, Gary? (laughs) (laughs) And... um, I guess, like... Maybe that's how you get COVID. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is that how you get it? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and <laughs> embarrassing... I have lots like, of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, I guess, like, embarrassing, like, a crazy story <laughs> was, um, I am terrible at baptisms and, like, baptizing oh, people, apparently. And so, one of the first times that I was baptizing people it was on a Sunday morning and I didn't know like what was appropriate to wear and stuff <laughs> and so so I asked my lead pastor because he's very much more like traditional and stuff like that so he was like show up in jeans and a polo shirt and so I showed up in jeans and like a gray polo tucked in and I get into like the baptism and I've, I'm never really aware the speed of like the dunk. And so for like my first- Explain the fact that you were fully dressed yes, in the polo in, in the, only, in the water. The only thing I was missing was shoes. Luckily I didn't bring those in, but um, I'm never really aware about like the speed of the dunk. And so I never want to go like too fast, but then at the same time, I was just taking it slow. And so there was one moment where I was baptizing one of my students and I was just going super slow. And at some point they opened up their eyes and I got kind of freaked out. So I just dunked them right into the water. And um, and yeah, they got saved, you know, from that day on counted. Yeah, there was another moment, I think, within like that same period that like I when when I dunked this one girl, she hit the back of her head on like one of the (laughs) steps. And um, and yeah. So you ever have to help like baptize a real 
a real hefty one, yeah, you know? For sure. You got to get that <laughs> knee support. And you can't. I, I for sure have lost people before. <laughs> and then people, when they get baptized, think that, like, they can just go limp. And they're like, right. and then the water makes it heavier coming yep. back up. And I'm like, you're going to drown, my friend, if yeah. you don't. Yep. Yeah, I did one knees. in the ocean recently, and as as I baptized him, they kind of pulled up, so they didn't fully go under, and so I grabbed him by the head and shoved him. <laughs> Dude, I, I've done that where I told a student, like, I'm gonna hold you. Ever, it's like this typical youth pastor joke, like, I'm gonna hold you under to wash away all the sins. Nope, um, never said that. Oh, okay, cool. Um, you know how we all threaten to drown our kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we do. <laughs> But at, it was a moment just like that. His whole his whole body didn't go underwater, and as he was coming up, I just like shoved him back down, and he comes up like coughing like water out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baptisms are fun, That'll and it was Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I felt bad when I got baptized because my youth pastor he's not that wasn't that big, and so him like dunking me at 250 pounds just was not a, a fun sight. And the picture of him trying to lift me back out of the water, <laughs> it's a great picture. Great picture, but today's episode is not about um, baptism. It should be. Let's talk about baptisms. Uh, what to wear? You <laughs> have to be baptized, or you're not going to heaven. <laughs> Just kidding. That's what Corey believes. <laughs> Already talking about Corey. He's on the last one, but uh, we're not. Corey's Baptist <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, again, we're not talking about baptisms or even what to dress, even though I asked wide if we can talk about fashion. But um, instead, we're going to really just talk about longevity in youth ministry because we might even call this episode 18 months or less because um, the the typical study now for a length for a youth pastor in youth ministry is about 18 months. And someone told me about a year ago, it's even down to like 12 months now. I didn't see anything about that, but it's crazy the kind of turnaround that we see in youth ministry, and um, and the reason why I wanted us to talk about this today is because we have Gary with us that's been in youth ministry for 29 years. We have Elliot that's been in youth ministry for six years. Wyatt's been in youth ministry right around like five, six years, and the same thing with me. And so we've all surpassed that 18th month um, period, but I know for a fact every one of us here today has felt that moment where we're just like, are we even called to youth ministry anymore? And so really the first thing I just want to um, talk about, and it's more of a kind of a, not a joke, but have you guys ever been in that moment where you're just like you had, well, not physically, but you were ready to type out your resignation and just be like, I'm done. Yeah, that's a great joke. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah. It's <laughs> brutal today. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast should be like this all the time. There was there was a moment where even before I was in youth ministry, so basically during like a transition point from so Corey used to be my youth pastor. What happened? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> so 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 Corey White, who's a part of the Bridge Church Bridge Youth, um, used to be my youth pastor and. When he transitioned out, I was like the transition guy who was coming into mm -hmm. <clears throat> basically being the next youth pastor. And so within that whole period, I met Elliot one yeah. night when he, he like was. Four, I spoke there <laughs> and he was like, Gary, Corey's always about like hooking friends up with other friends. Like he does that a lot. But he was like, you're going to love this guy, Wyatt. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Specifically, he's like, 
you guys are both white and Christian, <laughs> and you guys are going to get along great. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, so then I met Elliot through Corey, and um, and so, like, we, we talked, like, a little bit, but it was within a period where I was still going to college, hmm. and I was running track in college, and it was around the same time of, like, finals and studying, and on top of that, I was also, like, leading a youth ministry at the same time. And so I remember like reaching out to Elliot like super early on, like in our friendship and just being like, dude, like, like I can't handle all this right now. Like just like the stress of everything and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't even know if I want to move into this position or not. And um, I remember just him like being very much like open, very encouraging. Um, even asked me like, hey bro, like come to, cause I think it was on a Tuesday night, come out to Edge tonight. Like we'll hang out, we'll talk, we'll do all that. And like, I barely even really knew who Elliot was, but having that moment mm -hmm. to begin with even before ministry kind of like set me up for our relationship and kind of like who i can go to and stuff so yeah no, i think in, if i remember right when wyatt was talking to me it was either right around the time or right before the time where i wanted to quit um mm. and so like i'd walk through a rough season just with leadership like i i interned with gary out of high school and did school ministry and then i became the youth pastor at La Palma and it was right around like two years ish 18 months around there mm -hmm. was when I was really feeling like the weight of it all things with leaders weren't going well I know we talked about that in a past podcast and yeah. getting leaders recruiting leaders is not really like the best idea if you get people who don't want to be in youth ministry and I remember um, like walking through some of that where these leaders that like I loved and that I considered family things went south mm -hmm. and not just like them being in youth but our relationship because it's all so closely tied together yeah and and I was I've, I'm working still at the same church with my uh with my family and that's cool but it also uh it also creates some complications you know and I just remember feeling so done with it. Like I didn't, it reminded me of why I didn't want to be a pastor. You yeah. know, like I grew up in church seeing the good, the bad and the ugly. And I was like, I don't want to do any of this. And the people I considered close to me weren't my friends anymore. And it just was so lonely and empty. And like, uh, and I was ready to quit. And it's funny because Wyatt talks about in those rough times talking to me. Um, but I remember in those times, like talking to Gary, or I remember specifically I was at Disney with, uh Corey and amber and it was so funny because i'm telling them some of the stuff that i went through then they had gone through literally the exact same scenario and so i think like there's a strength in numbers mm -hmm. in the community that we have and being able to just share and that was enough for me i think obviously for why it was enough for him in that moment to be like okay i'm not alone i think that's the helpful part is it youth ministry is so lonely like yeah. it's just different your your leaders are great and they're some of your closest friends but there's a separation created from you having to lead them and and uh, and especially like when you're unmarried and all it's just it can be so lonely. And so it's sometimes just nice to talk to someone and be like, yes, that's normal to feel that way. And then you put the resignation back in your desk and you're like, yeah. all right, I'm going to live for another live day to see another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me, I've probably had that a handful of times which probably isn't a good thing maybe i'm not even called but um I, i've i remember it was right around that 18 month period i was just doing junior high ministry and i just felt this i i wasn't even that i wasn't feeling called to the youth but to be completely transparent i just felt like there was no respect when it came from staff members mm. and i think that 
was a huge one and there's a bunch of different behind the scenes stuff that we don't have enough time to go into but I, I remember that moment and at the same time kind of what we talked about in the last podcast I was like I, I deserve more I, I'm I'm going to strive for a bigger um, audience and I, I'll never forget this when I put and some people know this but I put my uh, my resume into uh, to Mariner's Church because I, like, I want to go to a bigger church and I was like 18 months in I was like I don't even have any degree I don't even have my license that I'm a real pastor yet so it's just like all these different emotions that were going in and then I remember just a season last season right around this time in October it it just hit me like a wall where I was like this just isn't fun anymore like this isn't I just don't feel this call anymore there's just different issues going around and I was like I I could just stop right now and I would feel 10 times better and I don't know I just feel like we've all been in moments in in places Mm -hmm. like that before have you heard back from Mariners yet no they never (laughs) once got back to me which I was very (laughs) upset about Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things for me. I have no choice at this point. I'm 29 years in. I have no other <laughs> skills. So there's no other job out there for me. Like, it's too late. Like, I've surpassed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's those moments where it's just something. Usually it involves something discouraging mm-hmm. in ministry, yeah. and it, and it kind of makes you stop and think, is this um, worth it? I put my whole heart and soul into this, and, and um you know, it's it's hard not to at certain times be really uh, affected by um, something that happens or something that yep. someone says. But that's when, uh, again, you really um, begin to understand um, the calling. Yeah. You know, I will always say the difference between us and, and others is we're called. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're called to full-time youth ministry. And, and there's a lot of people that serve in youth ministry. Um, but there's just a, a difference in the sense of, yeah, I'm giving up everything. I'm working, you know, multiple jobs if necessary to do this. And yeah. so, um, you know, there, there are times, even financially, there's times when it's like, man, I could be making a lot more money doing something else. And um, so you go through those things. Probably the, the, the last time I went through, through it was a few years ago, um, just financially looking at, at our lives mm-hmm. and, and, and just being discouraged of, um, you know, like I've never provided, you know, my wife and kids with our own house. We've always rented. And, you know, I'm looking at some other guys with these gated communities or, you know, two car garage doors and, um, stuff like that. But, uh, Corey, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just feeling like, man, what do I have to show for all of these years? Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have what the world says is success mm-hmm. yeah. and, and feeling just discouraged by that. Yeah, no, that, that's a huge one. And I think we kind of already hit on this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Like, why do you feel like that, that is that once it hits that 18 months, that is, there's a transition period in youth ministry. I think it's because it's it's fun the first eighteen yeah, months. It's same. fresh. It's like uh, this sounds horrible, but it's like being in a new dating relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. really fun at first. You know, the the, yeah. the catch is is so much fun. The chase, and then you catch, and it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now you have to hang out with them. Um, <laughs> Call that catch and release, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it is. It's like you know, dating relationships are really fun in the beginning, but then when you have to push through some stuff, um, that's when it's not so fun anymore. I think it's it's exactly the same thing. I know a lot of people that. Um, do the same thing with jobs and with cars and yeah. you know yeah I, that's what i'm saying is like i think a lot of people leave at 18 months because it's difficult but I, what i've noticed even more in this season is kind of going back to what we talked about in the last podcast of like this celebrity that people yeah. are trying to use like it's almost like you know i'm not good at singing or dancing or whatever but i could speak so this is my platform to try mm-hmm. to get famous off of you know mm. and i think 
there's almost like a level of like you get all that you can out of that uh, 18 months. And again, it's it's exciting. You're starting something new. And uh, yeah, you're just you're chasing that bigger and better thing. And that's what I'm seeing more and more of. And, and it isn't to say that like God doesn't call people different places. This podcast, the point of it isn't to be like, stay where you're at for mm-hmm. 29 years. That's something Gary did. And I think it's unique to what Gary was called to do. It's not going to yeah. be what everyone else is called to do. But I do think there needs to be a bit more sh- striving for longevity in where we're mm-hmm. at. Because I think yeah. especially with youth pastors, it's either a stepping stone um, to get to the next thing mm-hmm. or when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and we're just like, Ooh, come I'm on. out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. like that? When yeah, the like going gets one. tough, it's like a raccoon in a trash <laughs> can dumpster fire. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Charlie's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> oh, now no, I get no. you now. Ding! <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it's sometimes, I feel like for all of us, the moments where we were, like, considering leaving yeah. was in tough times. Yeah. Not just because it's, like, not fun anymore or, like, not as exciting. Because I think every 18 months you basically have to like reinvent your youth ministry a bit Mm -hmm. like in order to keep it interesting if you're going to stay somewhere for 29 years gary didn't just be like this is what we're doing here's the game plan let's do that for 29 years he's constantly evaluated the culture what's going on and there's certain things i'm sure that have stayed the same for 29 years Mm -hmm. but there's probably a lot that have switched but what it's easier to just be like oh i got this like excitement there's new leaders everyone's stoked on it now it's starting to lean out let me apply Mm -hmm. to a different place a bigger place a different you know whatever um and again i just don't think for me that's just not it like yeah um can i ask you guys this uh did any of you guys ever work by locational in youth ministry did you say by locational (laughs) i think it's by vocational (laughs) but you know what i mean but did you guys no like two jobs yeah 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 um i like when I interned, I okay. was, you know, I think personally for me, one thing when it comes to hitting this 18 month wall is those that do work another job on top yeah. of youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember doing that for the first four, four years of youth ministry where I was working for the city of Rancho and at the same time doing youth ministry where it was part time, but it's like you're working full time hours. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, and this isn't just about burnout, but I think a lot of times when you are doing that, you're just burning two you're burning a candle at both ends. Yeah. And you hit that wall and maybe that is that eighteenth month wall. And I know for me personally, like I've felt that where it was I wasn't acknowledging a Sabbath day and mm-hmm. I remember hitting I was working for the city, um it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I worked for the church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and it was like that for a f- for three years. And I feel like for those that are out there listening right now, um, you might be feeling that same exact way. And I think a lot of that has to do with that bilocational, uh, whatever, working two jobs. <laughs> I'm in two different places at the same time. I'm bilocational. <laughs> I think I think too a big thing that at least what I've learned from in terms of youth ministry is the mindset that you go into Mm -hmm. it with. Um, When I first started in the position that I'm in right now, I told myself I'm going to be there for five years, Mm -hmm. not no matter what, because of course God can do whatever he wants, but five years, because I want to go through every single season of these students' lives. You know, like I want these students to graduate knowing that I was their only youth pastor, that Mm -hmm. I was the Mm -hmm. only one and not this like rotating door um, and so even when things got difficult, I always went back to that and the sort of like conviction that was on my heart and that was on my life. 
to sort of realize like, okay, I, I told myself that I'm going to be here for five years. I still feel called here. I still feel like there's work to be done here. Um, and ultimately like that was the thing that kind of drove me to staying and keep on pushing and keep on working. Yeah. And I think too, like changing the stigma that youth pastors are not real pastors. Mm. Like that's something that I feel like in church culture is something that's prevalent. I've yeah. heard so many different conversations of church members coming up to me and being like, so what's next for you? Like, hmm. you know, in, in like a year or so, like when are you going to become a real pastor? You know, when, when are you going to become an associate pastor? What's like the next step for you? Kind of mm-hmm. kind of acting like this is like a stepping stone, yeah. kind of like what Ellie was just talking about, like for the next thing, you know? And I feel like, you know, for every single youth pastor listening right now, like you are a pastor. Yeah. You are leading the next generation. You are teaching them. You have just as much authority and um, anointing as quote unquote real pastors like you are 100 percent a real pastor and i feel like that a lot of times people can get discouraged by that because they're so caught up in thinking well i'm not a real pastor yet Mm -hmm. you know this is like an audition for me to become an audition a real pastor or whatever you know don't even get me started on that it just it's there's probably nothing in ministry that that makes me more mad than than that kind of stuff because Mm. you know I'll say whatever I want. I'm a, I, I, if you don't know, I also lead pastor our church as well. And so I don't care what other lead pastors think about me. <laughs> but I mean, you know, youth pastors are doing youth night. They're doing um, usually some other night that they have something going on with devotional Bible study, something. And then they have Sundays and they have responsibilities for Sundays. Most lead pastors are really just leading Sundays. Yeah. Um, you know, so not to say one's better than the other. But to, to say a, a youth pastor is not a real pastor, I mean, they have multiple people that they're discipling. Most lead pastors aren't discipling, um, you know, the majority of people that youth pastors are. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, again, there's things that lead pastors have to carry. There's a weight that they have to carry. There's, um, you know, leadership things that they have to do with leading a staff and a team. And um, even the, the level of... Um, counseling and problems that they're dealing with are way bigger than most youth mm-hmm. pastors. But to to say one is more of a youth pastor than the other is crazy to yeah. me. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, any of you guys that are youth pastoring, you are a hundred percent a real pastor and can be that for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think too, kind of going back to like the stigma of it all, is that people who are older in the church just kind of think, oh, well, it's, it's it's just youth. Mm. It's just high school. It's just middle school. They'll get over it they'll you know grow past it it's just a phase or whatever it may be and i think sometimes what happens is that people get into the position that they're in as a youth pastor with that mindset and with that idea of well it's just youth this is going to be a lot easier than i think it is it's going to be a lot more fun than i think it is and then once you start to hit that like year mark and once your students start to trust you more with their problems, with their issues. Now it's like, well, wait a minute. You're talking about suicidal thoughts. Now you're talking about some heavy things right now. You know, you're talking about some things that are pretty serious. And I think what happens is is that people getting into it, think it's just going to be pizza parties and, 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 and fun games every single week. But then you get into the grind of it all. And it's like, wow, this is a lot more work than I was expecting, you know? Yeah, I think that's one thing, and this is a little off topic, but I think that's one thing that probably bugs me the most when it comes to dealing, not dealing, but talking with the the church as a whole when it comes to youth is, oh, this generation, they, it's just, they're going to get over it. Like, there's a phase, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, 
these students that we're dealing with now, I graduated high school in 2012. These high school students are dealing with stuff that I never thought I'd have to deal with when I was in high school. And it's just so crazy how big of a change and so crazy how big of a, a shift that these students are now having to deal with at earlier ages. And so when that question gets brought up or that thought gets brought up, like, oh, it's a phase, they'll get over it. They're not tough. They didn't have to walk uh, to hill or to school up uh, hill both ways in the middle of the snow. If you bilocational. Hear that. Or bilocational. Uh, <laughs> And it, it's just crazy to me to think that, but that's just a little tangent. Yeah. Well, um, now we can tell them, like, we can tell our kids, like, you didn't know what 2020 was like. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had to wear a mask in the grocery store. <laughs> we got that over them. We didn't <laughs> have movies back in those years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real, though. I think one thing, too, that when it comes to hitting that 18th-month wall, and it kind of goes back to the idea that not being called to youth ministry, because I've seen this um, a handful of times when – youth pastors or youth directors, whatever the church's title they gave you, um, you're thrown into a position because maybe you're young and you like hanging out with youth. And so they're like, oh, you're a youth pastor. And they put certain people in certain positions when at the end of the day, they really just weren't called to it. They were just called to be a servant. And I've seen that even within our own house, our own church at our other campuses. And it's like, no, like there's a difference from loving youth and wanting to spend time with youth and pour into their lives and then being the pastor to youth. And I think that's a huge part in that um, conversation of this 18th month wall. Um, And one thing when it does come to this 18 month wall of being a youth pastor and then maybe transitioning out, I think has a lot to do with the community that you're surrounding yourself with. And Elliot already talked about it a little bit, um, but maybe us in the room right now, uh, if you have maybe even a story where you had to, and Wyatt talked about it too, a story of that or how important it is to have a, a community around you of people that you can talk to that aren't just your leaders or maybe yeah. that isn't just your senior pastor. Um, and, and maybe just how important is that in your guys' life in the length of time we've done youth ministry? Yeah, I think like, well, there's a story I already told of like that difficulty in youth mm-hmm. ministry, but that wasn't the only time. Yeah that I wanted to quit and even there was something recently that happened and it was really uh I won't go into detail or whatever but it just was hurtful to me and uh and I just remember it was a different mindset though because there was like no question of whether I was going to stay or not whether I was going to make it or not or whether my integrity and character would shine through the situation Mm -hmm. and I knew it would but it was still nice I was so glad we have the community of youth pastors that we do because in a lot of those situations uh, you know, I can't go to my leaders and be like, this is what happened. This yeah. is what this person said. This is what this person did. This is what this parent, you know, whatever. But it's nice to be able to have a group that I can do that to, you know, yeah. and even just vent like it's healthy to just be able to say this is what happened and have people be like, yeah, that's annoying. That should have not happened. I've got your back. We're going to be OK. Like like it's not it's not like when I go to Gary or Wyatt or you or whoever that there is always this profound information that I'm given of like, oh my gosh, I never saw the world that way. Sometimes it's just like, it'd be like that sometimes, you know? And it's just nice though to know that we're not in it alone, to laugh together, to cry together, and then to come back to the end of it all and be like, all right, you know? And that's the thing too. I think, again, that's just the season that I'm in. I've been talking about this a lot in every podcast is just knowing contextually what God's calling me to. I feel Mm -hmm. like we gauge too much of what we're supposed to do by what everyone else is doing. And Mm -hmm. God calls people uniquely to what they're supposed to do. 
And uh, so sometimes people are there for 18 months and it is the voice of God that leads them to the next thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it isn't like, I want to put a stigma on it as much as I do want to create this sense of longevity. And I think community combats that, you know, uh, intentionality combats it. Like there's a lot of things that help, but sometimes you just got to know. I remember early on, uh, I also just haven't got a lot of offers to go places, <laughs> right? But I remember like, a place in Montana hit me up, like a big church in Montana. And uh, Fresh Life? I don't know. Uh, I didn't go. But <laughs> I remember, like, knowing for a fact I wasn't supposed to go there. But I talked to my dad. I talked to Gary. I talked to some people. And uh, I still, they were like, we should still call and just, like, talk to him Because it's just nice to be wanted. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And uh, But it was cool to navigate that and to yeah. dream and to, in that moment, to, to self-assess and say, God, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this what you want for me? That's what me and Tanner, we do with our family every year. You know, me and her, we're like, where are we supposed to be? What is it that you have for us, God? Because ultimately, I don't want to go with what's comfortable. Andy Stanley preached this sermon one time and he said, you know, you need to make the decision to leave mm. when it's easier to stay. Sometimes you need to make the decision to stay when it's easier to leave. And that's yeah. like the tension we face as pastors is like it is this a sign that i'm supposed to go somewhere else and i'm just staying because it's comfortable and it's what i've known and it's a yeah. paycheck and it's a this or that and there's more ministry that god has for me somewhere else because i need to be obedient or this is a time where it's just difficult or i'm just bored or whatever yeah. and i need to push through and create some longevity there's still student i and I, a lot of what i judge that as a youth pastor is students individual yeah. students i'll think about my heart connection to some of these kids, you know, and I'm like, I'm not ready to leave mm -hmm. him. I'm yeah. not ready to walk away for, I want to see him graduate. I want to mm -hmm. see him all the way through, you know? Yep. And so usually there's like that one kid at least that I have in mind. I'm like, I want to see him all the way through yeah. high school. And when he graduates, let's pray again and let's assess what's going on. But for now he's not graduated yet, you know? And yeah. so I want to keep going with him. Uh, cause again, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. It's relationships. It's not, you know, just organization and putting service together. It's relationships. Mm -hmm. And so I want to cultivate relationships that last, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, you know, ministry, I mean, is made up of relationships and made up of people hundred percent. And I think whoever you surround yourself with and whoever you're gaining influence from is going to dictate your actions. Yeah. And if you stay or if you go, and you know really who you're seeking counsel from um going back to again even before i was in ministry and even before i was a pastor i remember listening to messages from like these celebrity youth like not just youth pastors but pastors in general who we, we've all heard of and stuff and i remember very vividly praying as i'm going to class and just praying god i pray that i would be friends with these people. God, I pray that I would have, mm. you know, relationship, be able to meet these people and all these types of things. And that has not happened, but I'm okay without it happening because I have friends like you guys, like Charlie, like Elliot, like Gary, like Corey, who are influencing my life, who are with me. Um, and these are friends who I want to be influenced by. Yeah. You know, I'm not looking for this person to mention me or to follow me or to invite me to get coffee or whatever in order to feel like I'm relevant or to feel like I'm still called. Like I want my circle who I'm with to be the people who are 
fighting alongside me, who are yeah. fighting with me, who are um, ultimately the people who are supporting me and influencing me. Um, because really, like who you're surround, who you're surrounding yourself with is ultimately who you're going to be looking up to. And it's like, I want to be looking up to people who are motivated, who are hardworking, who are doing things that I would like to do one day. Because um, really like seeing you guys do what you do in your guys' ministries motivate me naturally to work harder. Mm. It motivates me naturally to keep on moving forward. Like I'm already like a competitive guy within myself. And so seeing you guys work hard and do what you guys do in your guys' ministries, the the way that you guys preach, the way that you guys plan services, the series that you're in, the way that you guys lead your leaders, it makes me want to do more. It motivates me to want to keep on working hard and keep on moving forward. Because yeah. again, the competitive nature in me is saying, I don't want to be like the odd one out of the group. You know, like I don't want to be the lazy one. I don't want to be the one who is like slouching or whatever. Um, and not to the point of like comparison to get down on myself and be like, man, like we didn't have that good of a night. But like Charlie and Norco on the exact same night had like way more kids than we did. Like, oh man, he's just better than like, like, like not even that sort it's of just, mindset. Just less to do in Norco. And, <laughs> and that's something that's arguable. Um, and that's something to, you know, of course, like navigate through, but getting to a place where it's like, I can be motivated by my circle. And that is my influence to keep on moving forward yeah. and to keep on working hard so that when moments like 2020 as a whole come up and ministry gets flipped on its head and you know we basically have to change everything for all of us um it can still motivate and still push past those yeah. sort of moments that that you may have yeah well, what you you um motivate me to dress better dude i appreciate <laughs> can't that. tell by looking at you <laughs> oh uh-huh when i first met charlie he came in with a denim vest with no shirt underneath <laughs> and i'm just wow. kidding <laughs> I, yeah when we got coffee i was like why you got daisy dukes on bro <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening you've never seen me like i i just want to know what like picture you're thinking draw of like yeah, draw him and send him in <laughs> that'd be great yeah if you could just do that i want to we him accept up fan art at new beginnings norco <laughs> um and i think one thing too when it comes to community and who you're surrounding yourself with obviously you want to surround yourself with other youth pastors just to kind of share like again the, the whole title of the podcast in the trenches you're doing this all together but the other thing too, the one thing that I've found probably that's helped me the most is surrounding myself with people that are churchgoers but have no business in pastoral ministry. Yeah. And just being yeah. able to have that kind of community around me as well, but they don't really see the, the sh not the struggle, but the stuff that we have to deal with, but just being there to have those conversations with them and to be able to talk through certain life moments with them because they have a completely different perspective on ministry and pastoral ministry. And I, I just strongly encourage anybody that's listening that if you are doing youth ministry and you have you don't have a circle, you don't have someone in your corner, like reach out to one of us. Like that's why we're here. Um, this isn't just a, a podcast where we're just going to get our friends on here. This is a podcast for everyone to be a part of. And we want to do youth ministry together, not just closed off in our own little um, mm -hmm. sections. If you had to stop being a youth pastor tomorrow, what would you do? Like uh, what what line of work would you get into? I've always had, I've had this thought in my head probably way too many times. Um, I would probably. We all have a backup plan. You yeah. Know. No, I don't know. Uh, I would probably honestly be a cop. A great time to get into <laughs> it. I know. It's a horrible <laughs> time to do so, but I'd probably be a cop. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always have like a dream of like, of like getting a, um, like one of those like sprinter vans 
and like oh, renovating the entire guy. thing. <laughs> and I have a dream of going around the world and giving out free candy to children. Chill. First of all, I'm not gonna let Elliot just take over my dream like that. Um, but like making that into like a tiny home, quote unquote, and just like traveling all over the country and wow. stuff. How are you gonna make dope. money? Who knows, bro? <laughs> I'll pray about it. <laughs> what about you, Gary? What would you do? At this point, I'm screwed. Nothing. Lift <laughs> <laughs> driver. Um, I I've always thought it would be interesting to be in like uh, work for like at a juvenile hall. Yeah. Mm. And just I still care about teenagers, and and I've had some relatives that have done that, and you do still get to interact with students, and yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Elliot? I didn't. I didn't know if anyone was gonna ask, so I was saying, I would want to be. Actually, never mind. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we gotta move on. <laughs> so next question. <laughs> that's fair. What um, would it be? I want to get a sprinter van. And, um, <laughs> Travel with Wyatt. Try, I want to ride. Let's go. In. No, I'm not trying to kill your dream. That sounds really cool. I'm just <laughs> jealous. I want to get like a RV. Not as. Not as <laughs> what I would do. Yeah, I want more room. But uh, no, I would want to like maybe get into the fire department or like work at a school somehow i don't think i'm smart enough to be a teacher but like maybe like you know like the cool janitor not the creepy janitor we had like a janitor <laughs> no lie the, the new lunch lady elliot Blaine. bro it all comes full circle junior high the lunch ladies were my friends but uh no in in high school there was this guy name well i won't say his his name but like it, it was his last name to protect us it was it was his last name but they He's called witness no protection. no no but they called him papa blank whatever his last what? name is yeah he you called himself can't call people mom and dad he anymore. called himself papa dude and so but he had a golf cart that he would drive around in and he would only pick up pretty girls and like drive them to class and i i'm not even kidding he had like a all like the ceiling of his uh of his golf cart was all of these pictures of pretty girls from the high school like oh like you know gosh. like you take your picture and they say where is this going is i know this, you this is what do? you want to do <laughs> no i'm saying not like him i don't want to be papa elliot but uh papa bland you need to ride to class <laughs> no no jump no. on in do you I have a picture not do that smile that's what he did that's what he did and i'm saying but you know like there's the cool janitor right. who was like dope to everybody didn't have <laughs> who pictures. would take your picture <laughs> who took the pictures <laughs> hey shut up sprinter man <laughs> i know i feel like such like a narcissist right now everyone's like i just want to help people you know i want to still work with you then i'm like i just want to travel around yeah great thank you bro i i just want to know like how that high school didn't like no he's fired now <laughs> yeah he's fired is that yeah. what we couldn't say his name well, i just don't want to put people on blast like that but yeah oh man Jeez. That was, uh, we well, love ministry i don't know where this podcast is going anymore but there's one thing before we close out this podcast that i just want to share and it was something that was shared to me i think by my senior pastor and in this whole idea of the 18th um, longevity, 18-month longevity in youth ministry, um, he, he said something to me that just really resonated with me. And it was, he was like, I can't understand why is it that it's that 18-month long time frame in youth ministry. Because in those 18 months, that's when like you're truly starting to build relationships with students, truly starting to build relationships with uh, other youth pastors and other youth leaders. 
and then you pick up and go. It's like once you get that 18th month, that's when you start seeing the growth, not just numerically, but growth spiritually in students' lives. And, and as we do close this out, I, I just hope that encourages somebody as much as it encouraged me a few years ago when he shared that with me. Because it is true, like once you get over, in a sense, over that um, that hill in youth ministry, it's like, I'm not saying it's going to be great and grand, but I am going to say that there is going to be growth um maybe numerically, but for sure spiritually and in those relationships that you have with those students. Because now, in my personal opinion, now once you've hit that moment, these students are starting to look at you like, that's my youth pastor. That's mm-hmm. not just somebody that just came in because our other youth pastor left. No, this is my youth pastor. And to me, that's one of the biggest like wins in youth ministry when you can have your students say, oh, no, this is my youth pastor. This isn't just somebody that's coming to fill in for this position. This is someone that I can go to and I can trust because they've been with us through the thick and through the thin. Yeah, well, and I think youth ministry is playing the long game. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of it isn't seeing immediate results. One of my favorite things, part of the reason I interned with Gary all those years ago and what created our friendship was because I was like, and once I felt called to ministry, I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. But it's got to be youth. You know, yeah. this is what I'm passionate about. And I want to do it. And I'd seen the stepping stone sort of thing. I'd seen people come in and leave. And I was like, and I actually had a great youth pastor who, who for most, like with me from like eighth grade to the end of high school, you know? Mm. Um, and so he really showed what that was like as well. But I was like, I want something like that. And Gary was at camp, um, of course. And he was leading a lab and he talked about how long he'd been there. I was like, that's what I want. And I went and met with him and we got lunch and then it turned into internship and everything. But what I love is like being out with Gary and Fountain Valley sometimes just getting dinner and there'll be some random waiter or waitress or someone at the place or restaurant or somewhere we're going. And it's not uncommon to have a random, you know, 20 something, 30 year old person come up and say, hey, like I went to the skate church that one time. You're that mm. guy with the with the skate park at your church, right? I went. I used to go every Wednesday night. I was there on Tuesday nights. I saw you even at a camp or whatever. And just in there, like, I was kind of a mess when I was in high school, and I didn't really get it. But now I have a family, and you were trying to go to church. And, you know, it's just sort of cool to see that impact. And that's, yeah. like, something that inspires me, and that's something I want to build. Um Wherever I go, you know, however mm. I'm long I'm somewhere, I want to pretend I'm going to be there forever, you know? Yeah. And that's the I think that's the mindset we got to have is like we're playing the long game. We got if you're going to be effective, you can't always be looking at what's next and mm-hmm. God will get you to what's next. But he does it by you being faithful with where you're at. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you'll know if you're listening to the voice of God, you'll know when it's time to go and you'll know when it's time to stay. But I'm going to do ministry as if I'm going to be where I'm at forever. I'm going to yeah. do ministry yeah. as if I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. And if it's time for God to call me somewhere else, I'll know that and I'll be obedient to that. But I think that's where you get that effectiveness and you see that, that type of that. And that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to those stories. I'm looking forward to performing weddings of students yeah. who went on to get married. You know, like I'm, I'm excited for that day. And that's something you don't get to see being the dude who leaves every 18 yeah. months or the, mm-hmm. or the lady who leaves every 18 months. Like you got to stick it out in hard times. Don't always jump ship when something better comes and is offered. Um, and yeah, and you'll yeah. see some of these things happen. Yeah. yeah. Something that comes to mind is the um, just the idea of like how you end one season is how you're going to enter the next season. Yeah. Mm. And so like right now with where you are, if you're in a difficult season, however you end this season is going to set you up for the next season. And that next season could be a good season or it could be a great season or it could be an okay season, depending on how you end 
wherever you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't mean like transition or stuff like that, but we know like, you know, with youth ministry and ministry in general, like seasons come and seasons go. Yeah. You know, we have new students come in every single year. Students graduate, students enter youth ministry, all that type of stuff. So seasons are obviously all, you know, all around ministry and stuff. So however you end this season that you're in is how you're going to enter the next season. And I think about like the story of um, the parable of like the three servants and the master and how the master gave, you know, one, five, one, two, and one, one. And basically the idea is, is that, you know, the one with five multiplied it and got five more. The one with two multiplied it, got two more. But then the one with one had a little bit and he basically did nothing with it. You know, he buried it. He was unfaithful about it. And ultimately as a result, the master came back and he was upset at the servant who didn't do anything. Um, He even says like, I would have much rather you just put it in the bank and just have it like invest itself because you didn't do anything with it. And I think, again, depending on how you end the season that you're in, if you're faithful, if you're hardworking, if you just continue to move forward with the calling that God has on your life, it's going to set you up for the next season. And something that I'm telling my leadership team is like within the season that we're in right now, like we can't meet inside right now due to the county that we're in um and it's starting to get cold and it's starting Mm -hmm. to get darker earlier and so there's some challenges that we're running into and now we're having to set up everything outside which is so different for us but i keep on telling them like through our hard work and through our faithfulness it's going to set us up for a blessing and for Mm -hmm. a harvest and for something amazing that's going to happen at the end of it because of what we're doing right now you know and like now we're starting to see like students show up way earlier than they ever have before just to help set up and just so that we can have services and so it's 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 being faithful and still working hard in the season that you're in whether it's a good season or a bad season because just like what gary was saying you're still called there yeah you know you're still supposed to be there and having that in the back of your mind and just saying these are my students these are my people and i'm going to do exactly what i have to do to grow it and ultimately just to be faithful in it yeah Yeah. i know in high school, I think I had, between junior and high school, I had five or six different youth pastors in that mm-hmm. time um, because it just was whatever reason, that's the way it went. And uh, I remember, and I think is one of the reasons I've, I've longevity is so important to me, is to, to really, and Elliot said this, um, to be effective, you got to stick around. Yeah. To really be effective. You know, when you, if you're there for two years or, or less, can I say you might have brought some things to the table, but you have not left lasting impact. Yep. And and I mean that, and I don't mean that to hurt anyone's feelings or anything like that. But these are kids who things happen so fast and so quick, and they're just looking for something just normalcy in their life mm-hmm. and something that that sticks around. And and so you know, r- before you leave anywhere, before you you walk away, make sure. It's God. Make sure it's not you. Make sure you're not just tired. Uh, make sure you're not just in a bad season. If, if you can't say, no, God is telling me, then you need to really ask yourself, am I supposed to go? Yeah. No, that's good. Yep. Uh, so well, do you guys know of any places that are hiring? Or <laughs> All I'm saying is when you talked about Montana, I'd like, take Montana in a heartbeat. We know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, never mind. <laughs> Every F student listening to that, just yeah. like, wow. Well, Thanks, uh, that's, that's Pastor it. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm We're coming this, to. I'm turning this horse around. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in um, and listening to In the Trenches today. <laughs> um, one thing that we do want to just leave off with, if you are a youth pastor 
and you don't have anybody in your corner, we just want you to know that we're in your corner. And if you want to reach out and talk to any one of us, you can feel free to do that. Reach out to us on our Instagrams or reach out to SoCal Youth Pastors Instagram. Also, if you have any other ideas of what you would like to hear on this podcast, you can go ahead and reach out and do that same thing. But other than that, Elliot, thanks for being with us today. <laughs> Gary, thanks for being with us. Yeah, you're good. Uh, and uh, Wyatt Staggers, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We talk. We never mentioned too how sultry Wyatt's voice is. He's oh. got Matt was that way too. Matt's got a really good like radio voice, and so does Wyatt. They should host the podcast. But when when Wyatt when I first met Wyatt and you, that voice comes out, yeah, and you're just like wow. Hello, Wyatt Staggers. When's your wedding? When? Yeah. January 15th. Who Man. Who all's invited? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the full list. Yeah. Right and everyone listening, they're waiting for their invitation. <laughs> like, please, please. I haven't heard yet. When no, there were some people at church who were like, so when's the wedding? Oof. And I did not want to tell them when it was because I wasn't going to invite them. That's you have like tough. the easiest excuse in the world, right? This I know. Time. Right now I do. Sorry. COVID kept you out. Yeah. that's you. You do have a good way out, but... This isn't about Wyatt's wedding, even though we love you. Um, thank you, guys. It's about and Miranda's girls. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today to episode five of In the Trenches, and we will catch you next time. See ya. Peace.